This is Talk is Sheep, a podcast by the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Come along as we take conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. Mr. Hamilton, good evening. It is, isn't it? It's what, 7.30? Where we are anyway. And uh, we just ended a wicked episode with the, the Midwest guys. What, what's it there? They're like, what, three hours ahead? Two, yeah. They're on central time. Oh. So yeah, late oh, okay. at night, 9.30. And uh, yeah, it was great. We could put this together. We've been trying to get together with them and did this several months ago and we had some poor connectivity and uh, yeah, it was good just to to touch base with the Midwest boys. Oh, Nick's a, Nick's a great guy. I met him a couple of years ago in Reno and uh, we've stayed in touch ever since. And yeah, like you said, good, uh, good chat. And uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Yeah. Good episode. Absolutely. So big uh, topic of the day, I guess, really topic of the week is, is torrential downpours resulting in oh, mass flooding, lower mainland, you know, a year of fire and floods and disease, you know, like this is like, if you're biblical, you could be say these are the last <laughs> days, right? Like, uh, you know, oh, it's, it's crazy. It's really scary. I, I just can't believe what we've seen with uh, what's going on. And, you know, our hearts go out to the people affected by the mm-hmm. flood. You know, of course, we think of the obvious one comes to mind, the Sumas Prairie and the Abbotsford region, the lower mainland. But this goes all the way up the coast. And, you know, it's the interior. And, you know, Tank Hills flooded out. The Coquihalla shut down. Uh, it's pretty alarming, pretty disturbing, pretty scary. Oh, it, it really is. And like, it's, it's, it's far reaching. Like, the, yeah, there's people that are directly affected by the floods and the slides and the highways. And, but there, there's people up here that are panic buying again. And like the, the stores are, they're having fist fights over toilet paper and bread. And it's, I, I don't get it. Didn't you learn, learn two years ago that supply chains are fine. We're not going to starve you're still going to have something to wipe your ass with. It's, it's ridiculous. There's ports in Rupert. There's, there's ports on the Island. There's ways around through the States, Alberta, Yukon, you, you name it. There's ways in and people just, I don't know. I, I, it's biblical as you say, but it's, I, I just, I don't know what's happened to society, right? To, to be blunt. I don't know what's happened to society where you used to, to care about your neighbor and go over there and buy there and bring them a bag of uh, sugar and, trade salt with them and stuff like that. Now you're, some people are swinging at their neighbor for, for going for the last piece of bread. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's interesting. My wife and I were talking today and one of her, uh, her friends said that uh, she was in the store and she went to get milk and there was, uh, the milk was gone. There was none left. And there was a lady, she had six, um, six gallons of milk mm-hmm. in her jug. And, and my wife's friend went up and grabbed them and said, Nobody needs six gallons of milk and, took one <laughs> and walked away, and the lady didn't say anything. I'm like, "Wow, that's phenomenal." Uh, I don't even know what to it's, say. 
it's crazy. Like there was uh, somebody posted yesterday on Facebook about uh, they they saw somebody coming out of Costco with a case of lettuce, like a, a flat, like 24, 25 heads of lettuce, whatever it is. And somebody said, well, what do you need that for? And they said, I don't know, but I'm seeing other people buy it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fitting that we're the wild sheep society because well, it seems that a lot of people are turning into them, right? They just follow the flock and, uh, yeah, that's a whole other conversation I'm sure we could get into. But as you said, our, our, our hearts go out to those that are directly affected by uh, the the floods and the, the slides. And one confirmed death already, and I'm sure that uh, count will rise as cleanup up efforts get underway. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like in the next month or two as uh, they really dig into it, so to speak. Yeah. For sure. No, it is uh, it is sad. Uh, Michael Serbay, he's our exec assistant, and he's living at the top of Sumas Mountain there. And fortunately, he's the top of Sumas Mountain, not the bottom, because the bottom's flooded. And uh, he's part of the search and rescue, Fraser Valley Search and Rescue, and they've just been working their tails off. So, you know, again, thanks to our first responders, thanks to, um, you know, our search and rescue, all the people out there putting their life at risk trying to save other people. Um, crazy. Greg Rensmeg reached out to us tonight and was saying that uh, – the Sturgeon guides on the Fraser are ripping up and down between Mission and Chilliwack, taking people that on their boats. Reminds me, do you know? Do you know who led that charge? No, just saw the news article. Who do you think would lead that charge? Obviously, Dean, right? Absolutely, yeah, Dean no surprise. Work. Yeah, great absolutely, river. Absolutely, yeah. Dean work. Love that guy. Yeah, absolutely, no surprise there whatsoever. So, no, it's it's definitely a. a you know, uh, it is a scary time, you know, like, and like you said, there's no reason to panic. Um, there, we're not going to starve. We're not going to run out of things, but you know, it, it definitely is really alarming and it just goes to show how fragile we are, you know, as a, as a society that something like this can just cause so much havoc, you know, and really it's a rainstorm. It's a rainstorm is all it was, but that look at the carnage and the, and the devastations cost the loss of life. It's really scary. So, Oh, it just, it, it makes me thankful to be, to be a hunter and somebody who who can provide for themselves and yeah we go to the grocery store for for some basic stuff but we always got a freezer full of meat and we have a garden in this in the summer but what what would happen if uh if and when that that big one that they've been calling for for 30 years shakes the mainland down to its core like it's it, it's terrifying to see how woefully unprepared a lot of people are mm-hmm. right and when as you said, going into the the store for six gallons of milk. Why? Yeah, you, you, it's going to go sour before you you use it, right? I get it. You got a, 50, a fifteen person family, or if you're buying for your neighbors, but we we don't seem to look after our uh, our neighbors anymore. So I, I highly doubt it. But yeah. Anyway, we'll rant on and rant on and rant on about that. Yeah, it was you know it was interesting. You talk about being self-sufficient i guess and and really we're not that self-sufficient when you realize you know as as hunters were you know we could be self-sufficient but we we don't have to be we're not really Mm -hmm. um but you know that was the thing my wife said to me today she was reading all the stuff going on and all this panic buying and people you know the gas stations are out of gas and she's like this is a little disturbing like are you worried and i'm like i'm not worried at all i said we've got a roof over our head and we've got food in the house i said you know, the, the, the rest exactly. is just gravy. You know, we've, we've got a water source. There's nothing to worry about. Right. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the thing, I guess, as hunters, we, you know, and, and sustainable users, we're not, we know that we could survive, right. The, the big one happens, we could go out and we could exist and yeah, we might not be comfortable, but we, we do just fine. So yeah, nailed it. Anyway, um, 
on that note, um, we're not going to promote anything tonight. We've, uh, you know, our hearts do go out to those affected by everything going on. And um, I guess just the time to think about our neighbors and think about how we can help each other and, and be there for one another and, and uh, keep front each each other front of mind uh, with all the stuff going on around us. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like one of the best movies of all time, right? Oh, you owe beer again. I can't turn that, that thing game. off with, uh, yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it's my computer. One of, the, one, of the, one of the best movies of all time. Don't, don't they say be excellent to each other? Bill and Ted's, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, Bill, Bill and Ted's, Ted's excellent adventure. Like, what, whatever happened to that? Be excellent to each other. Yeah, yeah classic. Yeah. Yeah, need a little anyway. bit more Mike Myers in our life, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't? Who yeah. doesn't? But that's, that's a completely other movie, though. You're, you're wrong movie. You're oh. thinking this is Keanu Reeves. Yeah, but wasn't his sidekick uh Bill S. Preston Esquire and Theodore Logan. That's uh Keanu Reeves and I can see his face, but it's not my Dana Carvey? No, it's oh, it's gonna bug me now. Don't make me Google it. Okay, well i I don't feel as bad because I maybe got it wrong, but at least I did not know who it was. So uh <laughs> <laughs> But you called him Mike Myers. Uh good times. Oh, what the hell is his name? Alex Winter. Okay. All right. Alex Winter. All right, there you go. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> How episode, episode 51. Uh, this is a cool episode. Uh, we are joined by the past president of the Wild Sheep Foundation Midwest chapter, Nick Negrini. He's currently serving as our secretary. Um, Tyler Donahue is their current vice president. Uh, they've both been on the board for a number of years with Midwest. They do fantastic work for Wild Sheep. They live in a state in uh, Minnesota that doesn't have any sheep and uh, kind of the origin of the wild sheep foundation national organization. That's kind of where it all began back then. And obviously there it's, it's a different organization now, but uh, that's kind of where the national chapter came from was out of that uh, Minnesota area. And, and that was kind of the origins of, of uh, this Midwest chapter as well. So um, episode 51 with Nick and Tyler, great listen. Um, Midwest has been a fantastic supporter of the Wild Sheep Society of BC and a number of chapters and a number of uh, wild sheep projects all across the landscape. So real honor to have them on the show. And uh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy the listen with Nick and Tyler. If you looked up the words conservation superhero in the dictionary, you would see a picture of our friend Omer from Precision Optics, a tireless donor and supporter of all things wild sheep. Precision Optics, located in Quinell, British Columbia, truly stands alone in the high alpine. From optics to rifles to outdoor gear and a knowledge that cannot be surpassed, toss in that killer smile and you have a total conservation package. Precision Optics, we are truly thankful for the support you show us every step of the way. Find them online at precisionoptics.net or in Aroma Foods, located just off Highway 97 in Quinell, BC. How's it going? Excellent. How are you, Mr. Kyle? Good. Good, good, good to have you on the show. Yep. Good to see you too, Steve. Good to see everybody. Thank you. Uh, this is uh, the what is what do you call it, Steve? The Redux section. We uh, we tried this uh, <laughs> about six months ago in in Los Angeles. I had a bad connection there, and it did not work at all. And uh, there was a lot of uh, empty space when I was talking, so we thought we'd do this again with a proper connection. So thanks for making this work, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, thanks for giving us the opportunity times too there, fi- getting it fixed and, you know, letting us uh, eat up some of your time. Yeah, really cool. Well, there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about. I want to figure out what's going on with Midwest. Sure. Um, I want to share our guests um, a little bit of the history of the organization. I know 
uh, Midwest has been a front runner in the wild sheep conservation world for forever. So um, like to hear about the history there, uh, what's going on with the show, projects, all that sort of cool stuff. And and then we got to hear about what's going on with you guys in your personal life and what, what you're doing for hunts. And I know, Nick, you got some stuff going on with the Wild Sheep Foundation as well. So we want to go there. Yep. So lots to talk about tonight. Pretty stoked about it for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for coming. No yeah. problem. Um, so uh, I guess the, the the key thing here to start off with is um, talk about the org. Like I know you've been around um, in, in the mid, when the Midwest Wild Sheep Foundation forever, Nick. Uh, but the the foundation, like, am I wrong in saying that that was the original Wild Sheep Foundation was Midwest chapter was that, where it all started? That's actually true. It did stem, you know, national is what we know it today did kind of stem out of, I guess, I don't know if it directly came from our group, but our maybe the seed was planted for nationals. Um, so it back, you know, it started back, I believe, in '79 or '80. I don't, you know, I, I know we first started funding projects in '82 was the first project we funded. So I don't exactly remember. The, I'm not a great historian about it, but it was basically founded by some Minnesota and Wisconsin. Originally, it was called Minnesota Wisconsin Finaz, and then we figured, I think, like ten years ago, they changed it to Midwest just for kind of a, a simpler understanding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was just founded by a couple bunch of local guys that liked Western mountain hunting, you know, specifically sheep hunting, obviously. Um, and they just wanted to help support the populations back in the, in, in the late seventies, early eighties and try to work on creating more opportunities for people, you know, putting sheep back on the mountain as the slogan goes. Um, and that's where it really stemmed from a small group of individuals. And some of them, some of those guys are still around today, like John Babbler, Oscar Carlson, those guys are on the, um, on the advisory committee, I forget what the for them. Uh, I forget exactly the name of the, the committee they're on, but those are guys that have been around forever and have you know done a lot of great things for sheep over the years. Um, so those guys were, and Steve Ruggeman's another one comes to mind. And there's some other other guys that were long before me that were you know very vital in making this all work and, and turned it into what it is today. Cool, man. So one of the things I find absolutely fascinating is uh, your wild sheep populations in Minnesota aren't exactly thriving. Um, so we got a bunch of guys that are, are putting money on the mountain and in a place where there's no mountains and there's no wild sheep. So, you know, what, what's it? I'd, I'd like to know, and, and I, I got to get out to the show for sure. And I see that you're, you guys pushed it this year, which is fantastic. You guys, we always had the show on the same weekend as you guys. So it's pretty exciting to see that you guys are on different dates. And um, I'm hoping that I can get out to your show at some point, but What's it like, um, you know, for us, you know, it's, you know, we're raising money for sheep here in our backyard and um, with you guys, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of great work and you're doing it all around North America. I just think it's really fascinating to watch. Yeah, well, it is interesting that, you know, uh, it's actually funny. I'll kind of, I'll kind of give you my little quick story of how I first got involved with this, actually. Um, I have a, a good friend named Kevin McLean, who I have done business with for the last, going on almost 15 years now. And I think it was back... Uh, it must have been like 2007 or 2008. He uh, and he's like, "Hey, Negrini, you like hunting? You want to come to this? They, we call it the Sheep Show here. Even it's kind of referred to as the Mini Sheep Show for us locally." So we, uh, he goes, "You want to come to the Sheep Show?" And I'm like, at that point in my life, I've never been to any conservation type banquet, whether it be, uh, you know, down here we have a lot of like Whitetails Unlimited or, or, or Pheasants Forever stuff is typically Ducks Unlimited is kind of stuff we see a little more often down here. Um, and I went there and I'm like, holy crap, this is cool. People auction off these items. You can buy hunts. All the money goes towards conservation. They explain the whole program. And at that point, I was kind of hooked. I just liked um, I liked the vibe it put off. Um, I liked 
you know, for me, I always like things in life that are kind of hard to attain. And I look, you know, these sheep, I'm like, man, these, you know, when I first found out what it costs to shoot, a sheep, you know, get up, you know, go buy a tag or you know, go on a guided hunt in Canada, I almost fell over. I had no idea 15 years ago what this stuff cost or what, how many opportunities or lack thereof there were. So I just kept coming to show and show and show. And, you know, and, and it was just something powerful to see all these guys, like you said, that we don't have any native sheep here. The closest we have are Western Dakotas. So it was very, it was a very cool thing to see people genuinely wanting to help something. I think it, and, and I think most of the people there that come to our show really do feel that way. Um, I'll let Tyler comment too, because, you know, he's been coming, I don't know, probably about the same time as me, maybe, maybe a little less, but I don't I kind of get, get his take on it. Yeah, I actually started, um, I didn't even know Midwest was a, a thing, to be honest. And I started going to <laughs> Reno probably seven, eight years ago. Um, and because I was looking to book some hunts. So that's why I was out there. Um, and then I actually volunteered um, in Reno at the membership, um, the membership booth there for a couple of years. Um, just did some time while I was out there. And then um, for some, I don't know how I even saw it, but somehow I saw that, hey, there's a Midwest chapter, Wild Sheep. So I showed up there and I ended up meeting one of the board members. I sat with him, um, Andy Adi, who's, he's been off the board a couple of years now, but he was a longtime member. I talked to him for a long time and um, really got to know him. And, you know, he kind of suggested if, you know, I'd be interested. And I've been obsessed with sheep since I was a kid, like, like since I was like 10, I was just obsessed with sheep and I would read Jack, you know, the O'Connor books and I would read everything. So for me, it was, um, you know, starting to go to Reno and then going to, it was just a cool show. And, and, you know, we don't have sheep at home, but the only way we're going to hunt sheep anywhere else is if there's more of them. So the more we can do, and that's kind of how I got, you know, really involved in it and then met Nick and it's just a, uh, it's a fun group to hang out with. We have a couple beers and talk about and fun projects and yeah, it's a, it's a good time. Well, I, you know, one thing that amazes me is I've watched your show the last couple of years here, and it's just <coughs> phenomenal the amount of uh, amount of hunts you guys have, the auction items, and uh, like honestly, you guys are the envy of the wild sheep world when it comes to to your auction lineup. Never been to the show itself, um, and I know these last couple of years have been a little bit wonky with COVID. I know you guys pulled it off uh, by the skin of your teeth two years ago, and um, I see you got a show planned for this year. Um, so kind of what's on the slate for that? What do you have planned for 22? Yeah. Um, you know, the last couple of years, we you know in a lot of that auction credit for getting items goes to uh, one of our board members, Steve Powelson is his name. And he, he works his tail off. He doesn't always get the props he actually deserves for, I think the amount of phone calls he makes and emails he sends and texts he sends to these guys up in Alaska and BC and, you know, all over the world, pretty much. Um, he does a, he does a great job. Yeah, he's done a hell of a job the last, you know, five, six years on it. You know, and, and it's one of those, it's one of those jobs that's kind of un, you know, it's not glorious, right? Because you got to call and ask people for stuff and it's never a fun spot to be in. But the cool part is, I think that, the, the, you know, a lot of the people we've come in contact with, and you guys have been very helpful the last three, four years since we've known you and getting us items for the auction. And which is great because it allows us to fund projects right back up there. So anyways, I just want to give Steve a little credit there while we had an opportunity. Um, so for this year, um, we, you know, we, we're a week later than you said, um, you know, we're going to have a really similar um, auction. You know, we're going to, we're going to, we always have a, a high quality Friday night, a high quality Saturday. Um, and then it, it, we're still working on putting a few of this, you know, presenters together and whatnot as we have some time. Um, but uh, I'm, this is going to sound dumb, but Tyler, tell me who the guy we got coming this year. I'm drawing a total blink today. 
<laughs> yeah, Shane Mahoney is going to be the keynote Thank speaker, you. which is, is phenomenal. I'm super excited about um, him being there. I've watched you know a lot of his stuff over the years and read a lot of his stuff. And I think it'll be super cool to have him at the show. Um, and I know the um, Hunt and Fool guys are coming out. Um, I think um, as far as far as I remember, right? Um, Jason or um, um, Brandon from QU. Brandon Burns um, is going to be coming out, out yep. too. Brandon Burns, yeah. Yep. Um, because we worked on a, a transplant project with them in North Dakota a couple of years ago. So they're going to do some talking about that. I think a couple yep. of the tribe members are coming out because there's a, a transplant onto the um, reservation up there. So um, it should be interesting for sure. Wide variety of stuff. Yeah. We, and we always, like you said, we always put together a pretty great auction. We'll have, you know, if all goes well, like we're planned, we have to, uh, you know, we have, we have the North Dakota governor's tag. Um, we have to apply for the South Dakota tag. We've been fortunate the last, you know, six or seven years since been eight years since been in existence where South Dakota has gone to us every time for it. And then we also have a Wyoming governor's tag. So it's always fun to have those three big, big, big tags as well <clears throat> amongst other quality items from all over the place. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a great show. Well, the one thing that always, uh, you know, blew me away too, is, is you look at your, the projects you funded and you guys are putting last year was 522,000 you put in back on the mountain. And that's just phenomenal. You look at, you know, a, a, an organization in the Midwest that's out there and able to put that kind of money on the mountain. It's just phenomenal to me. It, it blows my mind. Yeah. And that's, you know, that I was actually going to have to update that list this week. We're probably close to at this point this year, probably 2021 or probably, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be closer to 600 grand. So, you know, it's, it, it, we, you know, and like you said, we fund stuff from all the way from, you know, a lot of stuff, British Columbia, Yukon, all the way down to Arizona, you know, everything in between. So, and, you know, we try to look for those high quality projects, projects where we have, you know, a, a, we can go in with numerous agencies to create a team environment um, and just find stuff that really adds value. And that's kind of what we focus our, our projects on. Um, in the last couple of projects, we've been really blessed to get a lot of really good options to fund. Quite honestly, we've had all the most, I think almost every project we've been presented with this year has been just high quality, good on the ground conservation work type projects, which is really exciting to fund. Yeah, very cool. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that then. Like what, what kind of stuff are you guys doing? Like where, where does, I know you guys have, um, done a lot of work in the Dakotas, obviously uh, close to home there. Yep. Um, you've done, done work in the West that worked <laughs> with, uh, I think Wyoming pretty closely uh, and certainly been a big supporter of the wild sheep society of BC through our Fraser river project as well. So, yep. um, you know, I guess, how do you, how do you guys decide where that money goes and, and kind of, uh, you know, working relationships that you guys have had? Um, you know, I, I think to, I'll, I'll comment a little bit and I'll give it to Tyler for some more color, but I think, you know, we've like this year we've done, we, you know, with the, as dry as it was, there was a bunch of water projects, Arizona, um, a, you know, I think nationals got involved in a bunch of those too, the big water dumps and stuff they were doing in Arizona, Nevada, maybe, um, that, you know, we obviously supported the Fraser river project again, um, with the, with the States and the auction money raised, it all goes back to their programs, um, and as far as our kind of approach to how we do it, we don't necessarily have a formula for we're going to fund X amount here, X amount there, X amount there. It's kind of just what comes across our desk as a quality project that, you know, similar to how Nationals does it, where we want to have numerous stakeholders involved, not just be a solo ask for 100 grand because whatever. We want to see that there's going to be two or three or four or five partners in that to really make, you know, that, that really shows us as a quality project. Another one we committed this last couple of weeks ago was that there's a three-pronged study in Washington, Idaho, and I believe Oregon. It's Oregon, yeah. Oregon, yep, okay. 
they're doing a similar thing what you guys are looking to do in BC that you know the, the capture collar test and and you know and eliminate if need to for the for the positive sheep so that's when we funded that's going to be a lot I think that's a really going to be a really exciting really exciting project um Tyler what else am I missing yeah and that one's a, I think that one's over three years if I remember right it is. um yeah. there's a fairly lengthy commitment on what they're working in um, a couple of our members were out there at chapters and affiliates, um, Mike, our board president and Steve, who he mentioned. Um, and I know they went up through, um, Hell's Canyon when they were there and, and saw a ton of sheep and they kind of talked about that, you know, that they were doing that out there and how successful it had been. So it's an interesting project. We just got involved with one too, that, um, there's a video that just came out, um, about, about backcountry skiing in the Tetons and how it's affected like wild sheep, um, and so the, the people that made that um, are making another film um, kind of about the, the uh, Whiskey Basin herd, which is actually the, the herd that we have um, adopted. That's kind of our adopted herd as a chapter. Um, and just kind of about the agriculture and how the interactions and kind of just how, how that herd has struggled over the last, you know, 10 years or so, or probably even longer at this point. Um, so that one's going to be kicking off pretty soon. Um, I know we just kind of funded them to get started on the video and it's going to be a, a pretty in-depth video. Wyoming's kicking some money in on that. And um, yeah, those are the two just recently that we had funded. And, and the other recent one we're going to talk about, you know, what we, we still have to iron the details on this, but your guys' ex extension to that um, Fraser River project, we, we, Kyle and I were talking about, uh, that six-year project you guys were looking to the, the, the board's behind it. We just have to iron out the exact details of what, who, what, where, when, and why. So you guys should be looking for that in the next couple of weeks, um, our response to that. But, you know, I just wanted to let you know everybody's interested. It's just a matter of what level and what fine-tune the details there. So we're going to work with you guys on that project going forward, too. So, Yeah, that's very cool. And, you know, it's a, a project that we're really excited about. It's kind of our flagship project. We talk about it a lot on this podcast. Um, it's a 1.2 million we've got uh, sort of allocated for that in the next six years. So obviously a huge undertaking and the society is committed to half a million. I think it is our just shy of 600 grand over those, those six years. So um, it's a big project for us. It's our biggest project to date. And the cool thing is, is you guys have been with us right from the very get go. You guys jumped on as a funding partner in year one. I think you committed uh, just, just over 10 grand Canadian, just shy of 11,000 um, a year for three years. So you guys yep. have been a big part of that. And, and made it happen. And the real cool thing with that project for us is that um, it's like that uh, tri-state project you just mentioned there in Hell's Canyon. Yep. Um, basically, we're using the same, uh, I guess, science there, um, test and remove, right? And and that's really having a positive effect. And we've seen the lamb recruitment. I've shared those numbers with you guys. And the lamb recruitment year one was zero with, uh, with the lamb, sorry, with the you herd they had. And uh, I think they had 21 with 42 U's or something like that in uh, year three. So really, really positive. We're seeing that out of Hell's Canyon as well. Uh, the bios are just going crazy about it. They're super stoked about it. And uh, we're going to be back out in the fields in February, March, I think, and capturing more sheep and doing more herds. And uh, yeah, so it's a really worthy project and something that I'm really excited about. And just, you know, when you talk to a regional bio and they get excited about the work they're doing, it, you know, there's so many... Uh, stories that aren't great stories in, in our sure. community where they're you know you try so many things and you're just not solving this disease issue and they're actually having some successes it's pretty exciting so well and that's a that's and for us that's a for me anyway specifically that's an exciting project to to support because i think it's those projects that versus doing a study or something else this is more of a aggressive approach i guess you call it it's a 
it's a it's a you know you're taking some really bold action i think and i think if everything turns out the way those preliminary numbers look it's going to be a giant win so that's a really exciting actually for me personally i think it's great yeah we're really excited about that it's, it's pretty cool <clears throat> yep definitely so look wow. you know in the, in the weeks to come we'll have some harder numbers for you but we're behind it we just got to iron out the details like i said and we'll be uh, following up soon on that one so more to come that's awesome well we appreciate it guys yeah it's it's awesome the, the support you've given us and and what it's done is allowed us to get those first three years in and, and show some good numbers so that we can move on and and uh the thing is too it's like anything else you got to show some successes to get um more funding for it right and we're able to do that now and, and we get the government behind us with hctf funding and and other organizations wild sheep foundation proper uh national uh, as we like to call it they they've been a big supporter of this project as well so yeah, really exciting for us, and we're we're so super stoked that you guys are going to be involved going forward. So yeah, and likewise, Appreciate we're happy it. to be involved. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Need to go get you guys up here and check it out and get on a helicopter or something, which is tough to do. Neither Steve or I have had the chance, but uh, oh, yeah, that sounds. I don't know. Cool. I I don't I don't like Kobe Bryant. I don't think it wouldn't end well. <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> I'd go. What the hell? Got to go some ways. Got to go sometime, anyways. We've been talking about coming up to your guys' show too. We got to do that at some point. Yeah, I've been, one and now that years, we have a gap, you know, that's you know one of these years. Yeah, because that was the frustrating. That is the frustrating part for me a lot because I know there's a lot of shows that were the same week as me. And I think Alberta might have been, um, even yeah. Oregon's Idaho. Sometimes I know there's a lot of overlap in the shows, so yeah. uh, that was always kind of a you know it is what it is. But it was always be, it would be nice to go elsewhere and check out what other people are doing, you know. So. Yeah, Washington mm-hmm. State was on our weekend as well. I think mm-hmm. we maybe still are. We tried to move them apart, but uh, yeah, we're um, yeah we're we're having to. It's it's tough to to accommodate everyone. It's that busy time of year, right? So Abs- yeah, absolutely, it's, it's cool. it is what it is. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's 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 you know. So hopefully, if we, if our dates holds like we're going to change it, you know, moved up a little bit, it'll be a uh, allow maybe you know some of us us board members to go to other ones and check out different. You know, it's also for me, it's also a great way to get new ideas too. You know. Um, because I think lots of times at these shows, we tend to do things the same way because it works. But, you know, you go to these shows and you're like, holy crap, they're doing this. That's cool. That place is doing that. That's awesome. And I don't know, even like Chapters Affiliates, you talk to guys and it helps you think out of the box a little bit, which I think is important too. So, Yeah, no, that's for sure. I think that's one of the strengths too with our, our wild sheep families. We're always out there trying to help each other. You know, we're all kind of... Um, you know, doing our own thing, but we're all, you know, there's such a great support system and chapter and affiliates is such a great opportunity for us to get together and, um, you know, build on what we're doing. And, and we've really seen our wild sheep community. Uh, I, I don't know, in my opinion, we're the leading conservation organization out there that the, the sheep community, right. Um, and I think it's because of these strengths and the leadership from the wild sheep foundation and then all the chapter and affiliates working together too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Pretty cool. So, okay. So, any any concerns about your show about it not happening? Is there a risk with COVID? What's good? Like, you know, before we went live, Tyler, you mentioned some issues there. I'll pass, this, with... to, I'll pass this to Tyler. He's a he's a uh, he he's a he's a, he, he runs nursing homes, so he's right in the thick of this thing. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let him talk. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're gonna have any issues with the show. I, I you know I think with with vaccination rates where they are, with how far we are into this thing. Um, it's going to go off. I, I, you know, there's, there's major concerts going on, all that stuff. I mean, I think we're just past that point in this whole thing. You know, I think there's questions on what will happen this winter, you know, cases are going to spike up, things are going to happen, but um, you know, like we mentioned, you know, I'm seeing in my work a lot right now, um, you know, the positive thing is, is, you know, most of the residents are vaccinated and, and, 
while they are testing positive, they're catching it. It's um, most of them are asymptomatic. So it's working, you know? Um, so I don't have a lot of concern as far as anything happening. And I think the big question is, is I think people are ready to get out, but everybody sort of, I mean, we're just sort of in this pattern where we aren't getting out. And I think it's going to take a while for people to just kind of get back into the normal swing of things. Even for me with Reno coming up, I'm like, Oh my God, Reno's in like two months. Like this is fast. Like, I don't know. You know, I didn't even think about it. I just been busy doing other stuff. So, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see what turnout is like and, you know, at all the shows, I think, and people get back out there. Yeah, for sure. When's your guys' registration typically open up? When do you, you open things up for that? Well, you should open it you know, mid-December usually is kind of when it kicks off typically. We'll try to we'll try to get things going here in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, we're finalizing some raffle, some of the big raffles we're going to do. Um, so we're going to hopefully, we're going to try to get tickets up for sale. Um, beginning of December, and we'll probably start registration about the same time um, as that, I, I think, is kind of what the plan is. Yep. So more to come on that, but, you know, it, it should be, yeah, it should be very soon. And just like Tyler said, ironing out some details and, and you know, I was working on stuff with the hotel for the meals and this, all the little stuff that, you know, got to do to make it happen. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty exciting. So, um, yeah. So Shane Mahoney's a keynote. That's going to be great. Uh, yeah. He's. He's definitely you have to strap on your uh, your big boy pants for that talk because it's so intense. Shane is just like, yeah, he's so intense to listen to, and he, you know, you always learn so much. There's not a talk I've heard Shane talk several times, and every time he's up there, I learn something new. Right? He's just uh, he's definitely a visionary for sure, and uh, yeah, that, that's cool. I'm really excited that he's going to be there for your show. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. I have a couple friends that are really excited that I've actually never been to the show before, and they're like oh shane mahoney he's coming and so you know they're they're looking forward to it they're going to come out this year so hopefully it'll attract some new people and yeah be good yeah absolutely no for sure um okay uh let's go. one thing i wanted to talk about is you guys supported the uh nevada uh waterhall um and that was so there was a, the bighorn sheep they were uh basically going through uh drought conditions in nevada and uh, at chapter and affiliates, there was a bit, a bit of a push to ge generate some money. You guys jumped on board with that. Um, what did you guys end up sending for cash on that to support that? Oh, let me, uh, let me, that let me double check that for you real quick. I was just, I just got a, I, I was getting us to bear with me one second. Sure. I, I can't remember all the projects off the top of my head. So we're going to, let me see here. Let's see what you did. Awkward silence in a podcast isn't good. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Got to prepare the guests a little bit better than that, eh? Yeah, that's my well, that's I just, on me. Uh, and, and the reason I ask it is because I know you guys were, uh, you guys really stepped up. I can't remember the number. I'm trying to remember, but I remember you guys were one of the bigger donors. You guys are always, that's the one thing with Chapter and Affiliates, whenever it comes to something, Midwest has always got their hand up first in support. And, uh, uh, you know, oh, yeah. Um, here we go. Uh, emergency Water Hall in Nevada. Uh, 10,000 U.S yeah phenomenal so yep. um so so that's that's a really interesting story and, and the reason i bring it up is uh wild sheep society bc contributed as well i think it was one hundred eighty-six thousand dollars was raised for that water project and basically what it was is uh these nevada sheep were you know dying of thirst there was drought conditions um there was some water mismanagement on the state's part i believe it was um, i is my understanding i don't have a great background on that and basically the fraternity of desert bighorn came to chapter affiliates and said hey we need to help our wild sheep here in nevada can you guys step up and over the course of a, well that night and then subsequent few weeks after that 
$186,000 was raised for, you know, hauling water to these uh, water facilities in, in, the, in Nevada. So just a phenomenal uh, show of support and really, really cool project. Yeah, those well as ones where, and that's another thing we like projects we like doing to these emergency need type projects where, hey, we got to do this now or we're going to lose all these sheep. That stuff's important. You got to jump on it. So we're always, we're always ears open on stuff like that where someone's got a need. Um, it happened last year. North Dakota was doing a, a an I guess called an underpass under the freeway, um, so the sheep, so the animals didn't get run over. So they were looking at some fencing stuff. So boom call us up, we took care of it, you know? So we're always on the look for those, those last minute needs or the, you know, the last couple of grand to ice this or ice that, that's a quality project. So that that's the kind of stuff we were, you know, we're quick to act, we're typically pretty quick to act on too. Um, our board's pretty digital and pretty, pretty good about um, kind of on the fly type things too. So that's another, we're all pretty flexible people, which is great. Yeah, and that's important to have, right? You know, like it, it, that's one of the things. If we can act fast and make a difference, like who can ge generate one hundred eighty-six thousand dollars like that and get 25, 30 organizations to do that, right? That, and I guess that's the fascination for me with our wild sheep family is we can pull that stuff off. We get together and we're like, hey, there's a problem here. Can we support? And we throw together one hundred eighty-six grand. That's phenomenal. Just the fact that a group of people can can do that for a conservation effort and. And pretty effortlessly, really, like to put that kind of money together, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a big great. dollar amount when you think about. I mean, that much money in that short of a time, like that's pretty impressive. Well, and you know, when it came to our board, you know, we, I think, you know, kind of the going amount was five grand. You know, somebody said, "Well, let's," you know, they kind of said, five grand would be really great. Five grand U.S. for us in Canada, it's like double." right? As you know, <laughs> right. um, but uh, so we were, you know, we were really excited about it. And one of our directors said that it was uh, our, our treasurer said, you know what, you know, we need to do more here. We need to step up. And, and uh, you know, there was no objection. And we just kind of, you know, around the table, we said, you know, there's going to be a day where we're going to need some help too here. We just got to make sure we're there for each other. And, um, you know, we ended up getting that 10 grand approved and supporting that as well. So, yeah, I think it's a really big deal for our, our community. It's pretty exciting that, that we could do that. And it's a great story that's told as well. So. And that is the same part. One, it's one thing I like about the organization as a whole um, is kind of the teamwork mentality. It's not it's not so much a, a, an I thing. It's more, very much that everybody wants to chip in and do good for the whole cause is typically what I've seen. I haven't seen too many instances of, uh, I'll call it selfish behavior on top of this chapter or that chapter. Very often it's very positive and very, um, everybody's kind of on the same page is kind of the sense I get a lot, which is which is a nice thing to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I also noticed with Midwest, you guys are always stepping up at national. Um, I think you guys uh, underwrote one of the less than one club hunts uh, last year, was it? Or there was- Oh, uh, we, didn't, we didn't fully underwrite one, but I think we were like, uh, five or eight thousand dollars towards one of the doll hunts if i recall off the top of my mm -hmm. head um right but yeah and that's something that's something tyler and i are really passionate about is that that's i like the option to get people that you know maybe couldn't afford it maybe don't have all the opportunities or are as fortunate as some that are in the wild you know cause let's be honest there's a lot of fortunate folks in the wild cheap organization so I, I think it's really great to get these younger kids and like i love what i love when like a 21 year old kid wins those hunts it's awesome Mm -hmm. You know, so I think it's really important to, you know, not only, you know, help work on projects and in, in, in the conservation itself, but give as a give as a person too. And it's it's a fun thing to watch someone that couldn't win one win one. So it's pretty cool. 
Well, and for those that have been to Reno or maybe for those who have not been to Reno, less than one club is about the most fun you can have. Like it's by yeah. far, it's the funnest thing at Sheep Show. And like, it, it's just a rowdy atmosphere and everybody's oh, having yeah. a good time. And you, you watch some of those people win those hunts. It's just an awesome thing to see. So it's, it, it's, yeah, it's just cool. Oh yeah. It, it sucks. It sucks though. When you hear somebody's name and you realize they're not in the room and you're going, Oh shit. But then you're going, yeah. Oh, this is good. I still got a chance. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of happy and sad at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. It's kind of like the, uh, um, life members breakfast desert bighorn yeah hunt. you know it's, yeah yeah poor people is up sleeping or i've heard the stories where guys are upstairs passed out or whatever still and they get nope. called and they're it's like oh well, well hey no nope. that's nope. the rules I'm, it is I'm what it is on that. i'm in on that this year i ain't sleeping in nope <laughs> nope absolutely not well, you gotta drag your ass downstairs there's that one story of uh one of the guys that uh, he had to go to the can he went to the bathroom and his name got called and, and he heard it over the loudspeaker and he went running and he, he didn't get there in time it's like oh my goodness that's brutal can you imagine that that's like that 30, 30 seconds away from oh that would be that would be painful i would have just yeah. kept running to the airport like just <laughs> gone. Was, yeah yeah crazy that's quite yeah, the, that's like sure. that's cool <laughs> that guy's either really unlucky i guess really unlucky i tell you that's crazy yeah so on that note, the Lesson One Club, and, and I guess for our listeners that don't know, basically uh, Sheep Show has an event, and it's called the Lesson One Club, Lesson One I Club, where you can you can join as a member. It's twenty five dollars to join, I believe, and then twenty five dollars to get in the door, free beer, which is great, um, and uh, and great time. And there's a bunch of stuff going on, and then they give away all these sheep hunts. And basically, if you haven't got a sheep before, your name goes in the barrel. If you've already got one, it's basically the only club you ever want to get kicked out, kicked out of, right? So that's right. Uh, the premise is, is you haven't got a sheep, and this is an opportunity for you to go and get a, a guided sheep hunt. <laughs> Great opportunity. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff they give away. It's incredible the, the sponsorship for these hunts, and they draw the winner, and then um, and then you effectively get kicked out of the club because you're going to go hunt the sheep. So lots of fun. Um, obviously, uh, if you've got a sheep before, you can't have your name in the barrel, but you can still attend the event. So you can still go drink um, beer. Yeah, yeah, we do exactly. it every year. I'm still hoping to win, but Tyler goes and drinks beer, so it's perfect. It works out great. <laughs> and I also have yeah, to like so beer, so it's a great. It's a win-win for me. <laughs> so that was my segue. Uh, let's let's talk about that, Tyler. I I, I seen. Uh, I think you've killed a dull sheep. Talk a little bit about your uh, your your sheep hunting career for us. Yeah, I um I've actually I hunted doll sheep twice. I've gotten two doll sheep and um like I mentioned, like since I was a kid, I, I've just been obsessed with sheep hunting or wanting to hunt sheep. And um I actually when I was I was twenty-three, I got my first job out of college. I spent uh twenty-five percent of my gross income that year and I shot a doll sheep and a moose um in Alaska. And um went ended up um the, the guy that I hunted with. Um, they had a cancellation the following year. So I went back when I was 24 and I shot a second doll sheep and, um, I've not hunted sheep since, um, you know, I, I hold out hope I've been, I've been, I'm what, 36 now. Um, I've been building points for sheep since I was like 16. So I've, I've got a ton out West. Um, and I still hold out hope that, that you know, one day I'm going to draw my sheep tag. Um, the more points I get, the less hope I have, but I, you know, I try to keep it going. Um, but no, I, and, and I've kind of, um, so that, that was the last time I hunted sheep and, you know, uh, North American sheep anyways, I've hunted internationally a few times and, um, I tend to do that more than anything just cause, you know, for me, I can, 
for the price of a stone sheep, I can hunt Ibex probably five times. So, you know, I kind of reroute some of my money that way, but, um, but yeah, so it was 23 and 24 and I spent a lot of my income <laughs> and I don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and so Nick, t tell us about you. How's your sheep hunting career going? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still an active sheep virgin. So there's that. <clears throat> um, so no, it's, you know, it's, it was interesting because I got into hunting, I'm 41 and I didn't really get into hunting until I was late twenties. So this has been a late kind of, um, my parents are from upper Michigan. My dad hunted deer and grouse growing up. Um, but when his dad passed away in the late eighties, he kind of stopped hunting. So what, what got me going was coming, actually the first hunt I ever bought, the first hunt I ever went on was a whitetail hunt from a wild sheep event actually is how that went down. So I've been, a, that was a late start. So I didn't get in the whole point, you know, for, for those of you guys that don't, are listening in Canada, don't know, um, you know, to get apply for, you know, sheep hunts in, in the U S it's a ton of applying a ton of years of waiting thousands of dollars a year on, on useless tags that you'll never get anything out of. So it's a, it's a game of playing the odds. Eventually, you know, hopefully you'll get drawn and, and that's typically how these bighorn and desert bighorn hunts go. Um, in Alaska, you can, you know, obviously pay or just like you can in Canada, but a lot of people are income limited, obviously on that stuff. <clears throat> so, um, I actually, my dad last year was fortunate enough to go on a raffle and he won a, uh, a doll and a mountain caribou hunt up in the Yukon and, and bequeathed it to me. So in 2024, I'll be going up to, up to Yukon with Chris Widrig and giving it my first stab. So, uh, that's my, when my first adventure goes down. But other than that, a lot of, you know, Colorado, Montana, elk deer stuff running around the U.S., a lot of whitetails, turkeys, just any opportunity I can get to go out, I typically take, what you know, so, but yeah, the first mountain extravaganza is 2024, so I hate to, wa I hate to wish time to move faster, but I kind of want time to move faster, if you know what I mean, so it's, <laughs> yep. it's kind of an odd spot <laughs> to be in. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, no doubt, for sure. Now, your daughter, she went out and ended up getting the animal this year or something, didn't she, as well? Yep. Actually, her, I, and Lee Ledford, which you know, um, yeah. we all went to uh, Montana antelope hunting with uh, one of the guys who donates to our our outfit called Joe Leo. He's a younger younger kid. I think he's like 25. Just started his own elk and antelope and deer guiding outfit. And we, yeah, we went out with him and my daughter, Josie's 16. And she she took her first, or actually second antelope. We, she shot one two years ago, too. So she's, at 14, she took her first one. And 16, she took her second one. So she's my... I have two daughters at home, so she's my, uh, I guess we'll call her my hunting boy daughter. You know, she's, yeah, she's my one that goes, likes to go out and, or give it. And, and I was fortunate, fortunate enough a couple of years ago to win a, uh, black bear hunt up in, up in, up in the mainland up there somewhere. I forget exactly where he is. Pacific bear outfitters, Devin, Devin Jewel, I think is his name. Um, and she's going to come with me on that too. So that'll be her first black bear hunt. And that's in 20 spring of 23. So, uh, you know, she likes to go, she shoots trap for her local high school. Um, just likes to get out and just, you know, I think she like, it's good alone time for the both of us together without her little sister or her mom around. So it's, it's good time. Really good time. And Nick and I just signed, well, I just signed the contract. We're going to Kodiak Island in 2023. So Is we're going right? to do, right? do a boat based, uh, deer hunt up there, a uh, blacktail hunt. So I'm pretty excited about that one too. That's yep, really absolutely. cool. You might as well throw in a, a, a brown bear while you're at it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little out of the price range. 
that's a little bit more than the check I have to write, Tyler, for the deposit on the on the black tail, I think. <laughs> but there'll be yeah, hopefully we, I hope I hope hope to see a couple up there in Kodiak. It's not too close, you know. That's, oh, you'll see them. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's kind of the feeling we'll I have, right? Yeah. 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 So what about sure. you guys? So what what you, so did you guys both sheep hunt this fall, or how, how does that? How, you know, to be honest, I don't exactly know how that works for you, local Canadian fellows up there. You buy a tag and you go wherever it's over the counter open. Okay. That easy. I figure, boy, makes me want to immigrate. <laughs> makes you want to kill us, right? It makes yeah. me want to immigrate until I realize you got Trudeau up there. And then I'm like, oh, that's, I don't know. And, that's, and, and people that get into fistfights at Costco over toilet paper shortages. Because <laughs> yeah, that, gone. that happens down here too. Don't, don't, don't think that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't take it for granted for sure. Nick, we're really, really fortunate that we, we can do over the counter um but it's it's no slam dunk it's not like you're going you know it's not like a whitetail hunt um you know the odds of success are pretty low um but we can still do it you can hunt them every year and um you know it's uh it's pretty cool that you can do that oh, stone sheep only uh as a general rule actually you can do general open as well for yeah. for big horns but it's your your successes are, are very very much very, more very low so. big horn yeah yeah so you uh, you know, you can still do uh, draws on on some of them and stuff like that too. So that's you know that's kind of your. I, I've I've actually never hunted bighorns in BC. I'm, a lot of it, any of the general open seasons, it's kind of competitive. It's almost combat hunting. It's uh, you know <laughs> sure. guys are literally spotting these rams all year. They live in the region and they just kind of keep an eye out for them. And um, so you know, if you really want a quality hunt, unless you live in the region, you probably almost have to. To get a, a draw somewhere and stuff like that so obviously put in every year but uh yep. no success yet so yeah but uh, yeah we're pretty lucky in that regard that you can go on a stone sheep whenever whenever you feel like it and for me that's that's the experience i don't need to if i never pull a trigger on a stone sheep i'm i'm good with it i'm just happy being out there and get to see them oh, and and every absolutely. year i get to see them so yeah no that's uh but to an answer answer your question nick yes we he, <laughs> he, he did a, a sheep hunt this year <laughs> good good I, fi I figured he did i figured he did i just want to double check yeah yeah just yeah so i did a two-week fly-in for the opener for stones and uh and it didn't disappoint um seen some beautiful rams seen some mature rams um in the end didn't uh didn't bring anything home but just a uh, phenomenal experience and tons of goats and just yeah just such a great experience got to drink got to drink beer at my place before you left like that's the best part about it right yeah exactly oh is yeah. that is that your phone ringing does that mean you always beer down in reno that was the hardest part of the trip was getting up after spending the i'll take it stuff. i'll take free beer that's the penalty it's like it's, it's like striking out in softball you gotta buy a case i'm in exactly exactly that's a new rule we just instituted so <laughs> so what about what about this rule kyle you know what i'm gonna do to you right now aren't i don't you uh, you better be a quick. That a boy. Nick, Nick <laughs> where's yours? Oh, you know what? Nick. Hang on. It's here somewhere. It's here oh, somewhere. Okay. Hang on. It gets a free pass. So, you know, Reno, I'll have a challenge. Dude, I got it. You know how many times I've got Kyle on this podcast? Dude. Without having a coin. That's, that's why you're it, though. That's okay. We'll All right. Well, you know what? I will. I feel I feel shameful for not having that thing here. Where is it? God damn it! Hang on. I'm digging through every jar I got up here. I, I for said, those that I don't thought. know, we're look, we're looking for challenge coin. I flashed mine, and Nick is digging furiously. Well, it's not like poker Nick, chip. You know, he was doing a, a Wild Sheep Society BC uh, podcast or anything, right? So, yeah, ooh. exactly. Who, who would have thought? Oh, hey, I, one second. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's really committed to this. I'm very, he, he I'm is. very this impressed. Is great. This is great. I think he's getting sweaty there. Best I can do is a sweatshirt. Okay, well, that's, wear it all the time. Cool. Actually, I'll, both my daughters have them, and they wear them to school. You'd be proud of you'd be proud of them. So they we'll, they both we'll got them. It. We'll take it. We'll take <laughs> Thanks. It. Uh, that's great. Uh, so Tyler, what what do you get up to this fall for hunting? What do you go after? Um, you know, I, I I was out in Colorado. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of, I've kind of got a muzzleloader obsession. Like Nick will tell you, if there's anything you should ask me about, it's um, muzzleloader ballistics and weird goats in Asia. Um, you can talk to sleep about both subjects. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's impressive. Um, so I was, I did a muzzleloader elk hunt um, out in Colorado and um, yeah, really got into a ton of elk and a ton of bugling and kind of like was into the herds, just never, never was able to get anything. And then uh, it was just out two weeks ago with my, my wife drew a mule deer tag in Colorado. Um, and so we were out there and she got a, she had a really nice mule deer. Um, she, oh, Nick found the coin. Look oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> Sorry. I was. There little, we go. Little late, but I had to interrupt with that. So there we go. I got her. So my wife, um, she, she, I took her mule deer hunting on our honeymoon. Um, for her very first big game hunt, she shot a spike. We hadn't been out for a while. Um, and so she, she shot, it was a three by three, but really nice frames, mature, mature deer. Um, so we got that, came back here. We just finished Minnesota rifle season, saw a few deer, nothing crazy. And then I'm heading out for muzzleloader season in Nebraska in two weeks. So we'll be hunting mule deer and whitetail out there. So it's a decent fall. Yeah, sounds awesome, Matt. That's uh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah, for sure. What about you, Nick? You got anything else on the go for this fall? Or you done now? Um, I shot a yeah smallerish whitetail on on Thursday a week ago. Yes, a week ago to tomorrow actually. So well, for Minnesota, that's a big deer. For Minnesota, that is actually is a fairly decent deer. <laughs> um, no, I shot that last Thursday. Um, and then the area I hunt in Minnesota allows a buck per each weapon style so it'd be archery uh firearm and then muzzle loader so what i forget when the dis- our muzzle loader season starts usually first week of december first two weeks of december i think something along those lines so i might go back down there then but other than that um shot that was the antelope out in montana um it's been a, kind of a quiet fall which has been okay but a lot of other stuff going on with the kids and whatnot but um so then it will be uh turkeys in the spring that'll be the next thing for in may so that'll be the next thing going but other than that it's going to be kind of a quiet winter i think <clears throat> yeah right on steve why don't you talk about your sheep hunt we saw a mountain that helps <laughs> <laughs> <Saw> a mountain. <laughs> nice oh, from the ground yeah. or from an airplane or what yes to all of the above <laughs> yeah we did a did a fly-in hunt in was it mid-september it was supposed to be 10 days but the weather turned day one and we came out on the 13th day because the planes couldn't get in and they were canceling flights and the snow <laughs> was everywhere and it was freezing and yeah ended up uh taking we were, we were there for caribou and goat and sheep if they were around we greg and i hiked up a mountain bowl or into a basin there and it it was chest high willows and snow up to our knees in some spots and it just got too dangerous the minute we crested and i was like you know what we'll we'll head back down and we ended up a, i don't even want to call it a consolation prize but ended up with two great big bull moose that we took home so oh nice one of them was 454 pounds deboned at the butcher so hey i'm not going to complain about that well, you got vittles. That's you got vittles for all year at the minimum, so that's pretty good. Exactly, exactly. Pretty. But <laughs> a probably stable. smart move to turn around before you avoid some real trouble, though. I'd have to. Say yeah, yeah. We we got up there, and it was Greg and I looked at each other and went, "Yeah, we're 
100, 200 meters away from cresting over the ridge and looking down where we wanted to look, but it was mm, snow covered boulders and now bad idea. So sucked, yeah. sucked, but even the caribou were gone and yeah, saw a couple of moose, a couple of grizzly bears, a couple of wolves and yeah, begged a couple well, of had, beauty moose. You had an adventure at the minimum, so that's good. Exactly, exactly. First so is that a pretty, hunt. a pretty early snow for that area or is that semi-normal to have that much? It, it's semi-normal to, to see snow that far up north, but not normal to have sustained winds and uh, the, the the constantness of it. Like, you'll get a day. Mm. Uh, guys were in the same area last year. Kyle's been there. You'll you'll get a, a snowfall. You'll be minus three, minus four overnight. Or what's that in Fahrenheit? Like 41 30, or whatever. 30, yeah. somewhere in there. I don't know. And... Uh, then you'll be in t-shirts by midday and this this year we were wearing rain gear all day and it was just pissing rain snow sleet and yeah like i said that the plane stopped flying for about three days and yeah it was they were they were canceling flights coming in and renting other planes and chartering other planes to get people out that were so stuck behind and yeah like i said we we came out on day 13 and we planned for 10 so yeah hmm. anyway we made, made the best of a shitty situation Sure. Oh, quite the adventure, though. Good stories oh, yeah. out of this. Yeah, exactly. I always find those the best stories come from shit like that, where it goes totally haywire, but it's always you just got to deal with it and move on. So it's pretty. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fun stuff, though. I yeah. like that stuff. Full freezers, full memories, and nobody got hurt. So that's that's a win. That's a definite win. Solid. Yeah, two moose by the lake. You're not worried about food, so you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 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 We shot <laughs> shot the the real big one from a, we we saw it across the lake. And in a straight line, it's one and a half K. But between four of us, we shot it at 830 in the morning. We weren't done till eight o'clock at night because of the creek crossing and, and forth the back and forth. Wow. And it sucked, but we got it done. We got it done. So oh, good for you guys. That's fun. Nice. So um, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about um, about what's going on with you, Nick, with uh, Wild Sheep Foundation. I've seen, uh, I've got my my ballot for nominations for the director uh, role for the wild sheep foundation. I seen your name on it. So talk to me about that. What's going on there, bud? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I've been talking to a few people over the last couple of years about it and kind of mentioned a couple of guys that mentioned it to me and said, I oh, should do this. You'd something you might be into. I'm like, I, I thought about it for a few years and I'm like, yeah. And I kind of, my attitude was, I was like, I wasn't ready for that. And sometimes I, you know, I wasn't sure, but the more I, I think about the wild sheep thing and the more I think about, um, why I got involved in the first place. I'm like, yeah, screw it. When, you know, there's no time when you're ever ready for anything. I've kind of learned too sometimes. So, um, you know, so yeah, this last year I, I, I self-nominated and I threw my name in the hat and, uh, I was fortunate enough to make it to the ballot. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, you know, it was one of those decisions where I kind of did it, where I, I, I see some things I want to you know work on and help to improve. And, you know, um, I have something I'm just looking forward to and I'm hoping I get the opportunity to do it. And, and yeah, it's just kind of a cool opportunity. I'm, I'm really uh, fortunate that the current board, you know, or whoever the, I'm sure there's a committee that does the choices. I'm sure they, I'm not exactly sure how that process works to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, so I'm a names and names in the hat. Um, and I guess I have a few ideas of kind of, you know, my, my goals are getting young people more involved, getting women and young, especially being a dad of two, you know, almost teenagers, young girls involved. Um, I, I loved how you guys did that women's uh, shooting school down at, at the, at the uh, what is it, uh, Sam Ranch down there. And I forget where exactly where it in is. Texas. 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 Yeah, yeah, Texas. Yep. 
I know our one of our other board members, Jason, has been there and said it's a phenomenal thing. Anyways, I, I like how they went with that women's. Um, I love. I'm I'm really passionate around the less than one club. You know, I want to you know work on more opportunities. I want to <clears throat> you know just be more aggressive on how we do things. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping I hope I get the opportunity. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about the about the you know future going forward with that. Uh, it's awesome, man. That's fantastic that you've uh, you stepped up and and yeah, it's a big commitment, right? But uh, and it's always you know I, that's the thing you the work that you guys have done in Midwest, and I've seen your involvement over the last couple of years, and just that you know how hard you guys have hustled as a board, and you being president and leading that team has been really inspirational, and I'm really excited. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what the ballot. I guess we find out in uh, early in the new year here wh where we end up. But uh, and yeah, I, so for those, if, yeah, for those for those listening, if you want a flatlander on the ballot, I'd be happy to come over and do it. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'd appreciate any votes I can get. I'll do my pandering now. You know, please. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but if you know, and also, and if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out to me on me. You know, you know, on Facebook, Nick Negrini. I'm out there easily. N e g r i n i. Last name is pretty unique. So there's not too many of us out there, so you can find me. And Kyle and Steve will have my contact info. So if anybody's got any questions, please, you know, send me a message. You know, feel free to ask me anything. I'm, I'm an open book, and you know, I'm I'm all about, you know, working like I mentioned before, team and moving the whole ball forward. You know, that's my football analogy: move the ball forward. Um, <clears throat> but no, I, I think it's a, you know, it's a it's a really good, like I think Kyle mentioned it you know, probably a half hour ago. It's probably def I, I would say definitely the lead conservation organization. I mean, I really feel like. You know, there's there's a lot of good work done by all the other groups too, but I think Wild Sheep is kind of the tip of the spear as far as you know efficiency and just look how that hundred sixty eight thousand dollars was raised for the Nevada water thing. Boom, like that, it's done. So I think that's there's something special about our group. Um, and the cool part is all the stuff we do is not only benefits sheep, but it's it, it flows downhill. It helps the elk, it helps the goats, it helps the mule deer. It's it's just a it's a great thing. So like I said, if anybody has any questions, please feel free to reach out. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm excited to see. Uh, um, and and I, I have to say, it, it's a pretty stacked ballot. There's uh, some pretty serious competition there. Um, oh, I saw but, it. Yeah, uh, no, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you know, I'm really excited. And, and you know, if you uh, if you're elected to the board, I'm really excited about working with you, Nick. It's uh, you know, we've done a lot of great work together as chapter and affiliates. The work we've done, the support Midwest has shown the Wild Sheep Society BC, and we've tried to you know reciprocate where we can. Um, down there as well and and uh, it's been a great working relationship so I'm, I'm really excited about seeing your name on there for sure well if i don't get this year i'll be back next year i'm a pest i don't go away easy so there's that so i'm, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of a bullhead that's the half italian side i don't quit my i don't quit many things so um no but i also wanted to thank you guys from from you know from midwest to all the british columbia guys involved in the whole society up there you know we appreciate you know when, when we're calling around for hunts and and i can call up you or Chris and say, or when Steve helped us out with that moose hunt uh, two years ago, you guys, it's such a huge advantage to, to do that. And then it also makes our job easier in the funding requests because when we're sitting on the board, you know, that's one thing that comes up. What, what do they help us get, you know, to, to, to facilitate the money going back? And you guys are always, it's an easy conversation to have because they give us X, Y, Z, you know, Q and R. Oh yeah, no problem. We'll we'll fund that project. So it, it, it's a reciprocal setup, and you mentioned it a little bit ago that you know it's a scratch your back, I'll, you know that that kind of deal. Um, but no, it's a, it's a great relationship, and I think you know didn't it all start when Lee spilled beer on you? Is that how this all went down? As the story goes, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's part. Of oh, it. I got to hear this story. No, this is I, I'd have to have Lee on here. So Lee, Lee Ledford, for those listening, is another one of our board members, and Lee is a uh, Lee is loud, and he's animated 
and he talks 10 times what I talk, so it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> but the story goes, he this is his claim, is that you guys met because he was drunk and spilled beer on you at, in Reno the first time you were up there. So I don't know if that's all went down, but that's, it, it, that's true. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I think, what I and I think it was on the bus actually. So. Oh, that's right. Cause Oh no, this was Jackson hole. Wasn't it? It was, uh, it was, I think uh, it was chapters affiliates in Jackson hole when him and I got all aggressive and bought beer and we took it on the bus when we were driving up to, I don't remember what happened, but yeah, it involved me and beer and spilling on you. That's all I remember. So <clears throat> Yeah, that's a good combination for sure. So oh, yeah, well, yeah. It, it worked because I think it's I think it's a good relationship. So it worked out whatever way we talked about. It, so yeah, absolutely for sure. Well, gents, uh, <laughs> I know it's getting late there in uh, Minnesota, um, and we'll start thinking about wrapping up. Any uh, last thoughts or words, or um, anyone interested in the show? How, how can they go about doing that? Coming to see you guys and, and putting sheep on the mountain in Minnesota this year. Yes, so MidwestWildSheep.com. All one word, no breaks, no hyphens, nothing. Um, we'll be, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be updating that with, with the raffle items, um, with the, you know, the, the, the details of the event, um, with the ability to sign up if you want to come down. Um, uh, the other thing is the raffles, you know, as far as Minnesota goes, we can sell them to Canadians without you guys being here. No weird rules like that. So, um, we would appreciate, I know we get a lot of them from Alberta and British Columbia that bought last year, I know. So we appreciate that. So, um, and Tyler, do you want to walk them through the raffles quick? I don't exactly remember the details. Yeah. Um, the, the big one is going to be, we got a stone sheep again um, for the for the main raffle, and it's going to be like a five item. Um, I think Cooper Rifle will be second prize. Yeah, Stone Glacier Pack, Sitka Gear, uh, a few other things like that. And then we've got a um, New Mexico New Mexico Guided Elk with a landowner tag. Um, and it's in, I, if I'm remembering right, I think it's in unit 15, which is, um, the muzzleloader archery only unit. Um, so it's a pretty good trophy hunt, um, as far as the elk go. And I, I mean, with the landowner tag alone, it's worth quite a bit of money. Um, and then, um, I think we have a smaller one doing a fishing, uh, fishing trip and a, um, Alberta or no, the Alberta two Alberta moose is the other one. Um, so it's two, two moose, two hunters, two moose. Um, in Alberta. So that'll be a pretty good one too. So all those details I think are pretty well finalized. Um, we just got to get the tickets printed, get it up on the website. Um, yeah. And we hopefully so we're working on a couple other items that might be big deals, but we're not at the point ready to put them out there. Um, we're hoping to give away a fairly major prize for registering. Um, like just as part of your registration, you're in, in on it. So um, but we're still trying to work out details on that. So more to come on the website on that. Yes. Yeah, so the best thing they can do is in, also Facebook will be out there. If you follow us on Facebook, we'll be broadcasting yep. all the stuff. We'll be, have put links to the raffles. Um, and then as once we get towards auction time, we'll be using, utilizing the online auction company like everybody else does. Um, your fellow Canadians up there. So they will, uh, well, have everything listed out there. So if anybody wants to bid, uh, we'd welcome and accept them. So, yeah. So all that stuff will be on website and Facebook and whatnot. So we'll be getting more information in the next, you know, in the next, it'll start really kind of flying out in the next month or so. So, and it's a great, yeah, like right I said, on. it's a great lineup. So, I mean, we'd love to have everybody come out. <clears throat> love to see some new faces in the room. Absolutely. Yeah. Your guys' auction lineup is absolutely, yeah. Second to none. It's unbelievable. It, it's kind of almost rivals what uh, the foundation does. National does. It's, it's so comprehensive. It, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be happy to share the raffles and, and, um, your, um, 
you know, your auction lineup as well. Once you guys got that. So just, just be sure to show that over as we did in previous years. So always happy to support you guys. So um want to say thank you very much to both of you for, for taking the oh. time tonight and, and uh, coming to see us. We appreciate uh, having you on the show. What's Steve doing? I don't know what he's doing. I, I he's he's throwing me is off. He life, is, he life, is, is he buying is he life, life membership? Is he life membering? Oh wow! Look at you, savage. Look at that or is guy. That Kyle? Oh, oh, we're talking about Kyle being a life member. What's going on over there, Steve? I'm confused. You got a new life member just now. That a boy. Nice work. What a guy! Look at that. <laughs> That's impressive. That. Wow. Okay. Well, from the mon from the Monarch BC member, I thank you. That's uh, perfect. I, That's good. I used Kyle's card. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, we, we appreciate it. Well, there'll be a there'll be a plaque coming your way about showtime. We'll get them, we get them printed right before the show, so it'll be uh probably you know uh, March time. You'll see one coming your way. So. Oh boy. And Nick will buy you beer in Reno for that too. I will buy you beer in Reno. Yeah. I will absolutely. We're, we're racking for, up his beer tab. Yeah. Let me guess at the less than one club, right? No, I'll buy you. I'll <laughs> buy you fancy casino beer. Oh, not blue moon. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that's well impressive. Oh, and also, well, and also, well also, I forgot to mention we will have a we will have a booth in Reno again, like we have in years past, and we will have a raffle tickets out there for people that are coming down from BC that want to just we'll have them in hand, so you can just buy them right there on the spot. So awesome! I'm going to start saving up now. I can't. Yeah, me it. too. I, I know. It's just, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's quite the deal. Well, awesome, gentlemen. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Um, thank, thank you, you guys for, yeah, thank for you. hanging out with us tonight. It was a good time. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you down in Reno, Nick. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. As always. Yeah. Hopefully we can convince Tyler to come. Uh, and if not, we can't get him in Reno. Then we'll get him up to BC here in March. So. I'm hoping to come. We'll see how things come we'll together. We'll get him. I got, I got, <laughs> I got to put a hotel room with yet. So he can, we can share the cast there. So. <clears throat> right on boys. Have a great night. Thanks again. You too. Thanks. Thanks.